You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 359, brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Ben. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Sideshow X-23 Premium Format Statue, the SH Figure Arts Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Vegeta, and the Mezco 112 Collective Sovereign Knight Batman Action Figure. Toy dudes! Hello! How are we all? Well, excellent. Excellent. Okay, well, Ben gets to go <laughs> first, because he's he's one of the, um, the highly scientific, I should add, uh, <laughs> um, ratings of how we are. So, why, why are you excellent? Well, it was Father's Day on Sunday, so happy Father's Day to all the, uh, the dads out there that celebrated, which uh, also happened to coincide with the birthday of uh, my twin tadpoles who turned nine so uh, i was yeah i was lucky enough to be able to use the week leading up to their birthday um uh using their birthday as a threat saying that if they didn't behave i was going to cancel their birthday and then (laughs) sunday would be all about me and they you know everything would be me 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 and uh, so yeah but it turned out to be a, a really good day so it was really good actually because they were excited about their presence but uh, almost as soon as they opened their presents, I thought, you know, that would be the distraction and we nev- wouldn't hear anything else. But they, you know, they immediately did, now it's your turn, now it's your turn, go and sit down. And hey, it was good. It was a lot Aww, of fun. That's so nice. Yeah. And, and yeah. what's been happening in your world, Adam? Uh, I have been doing a lot of going to work and coming home <laughs> and doing not much else. Um, but oh, there's been a bit of socialising, but not anything super exciting. Um, and injuring myself while running a few times, so I'm probably not running for a few weeks now. Sorry. There's a lesson to be learned there. Yeah, I have this. I have a yeah. new face, a, a new Facebook friend who is a very nice person. But they post every day, just like a there's a thing that says like they're American. It just says like ran five miles, and yep. every day, <laughs> and, and every day so far, I have commented on purpose. And, and they have chased by a bear, and they, and they haven't, and and so far they haven't kind of bitten. Like so. so I just, I just reckon I'm going to do it every day until either they unfriend me or, or, or comment or whatever. It's like ran three miles, and I'm like deliberately, or like we've been running from something. What is this like? Yeah. See, well, that's yeah. that's yeah, that's your own darn fault. It is. <laughs> It is new, so. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Scotty? Have you, have you uh, run anywhere recently? <laughs> Not on purpose. Um, <laughs> the yeah, I'm good. I am suddenly down to just one uh, child and moi in the house. We've had an extra with us this year who has now gone back to their actual home in in a good way, which is a good thing. Right. And nice. uh, as my my eldest has been overseas for a couple of months and. Uh, Mrs. Scotty uh, is uh, has already left home and is about to take off for four and a bit weeks, joining the eldest overseas to do a bunch of traveling together. So, she, yeah, oh, so hell. she's yeah, so she's taken some long service leave to extend her you know, kind of holiday, and they've got all these plans, and it's super cute, super cute, outstanding. Yeah, so it's just it's kind of weird suddenly. 
you know, having just me and the the one of the sixteen year olds, well, my my mm, my mm. blood, you know, sixteen year old. So, but um, <laughs> I I have been like in, in this kind of super busy work phase. Uh, but the other kind of groovy slash weird thing that's happening in my life is that the main thing that I'm presently doing for work is producing a bunch of podcasts. <laughs> ah, yeah, you mentioned that. I know, and so and like literally for the last kind of week. I mean, I've had to, you know, besides doing meetings, um, I have been editing a bunch of podcasts and um, realized how much I take for granted all of the noise hygiene that we employ when we <laughs> uh, and have learned a lot about how to edit out a bunch of different noises and uh, speech ticks because these are like interviews with people, you know, yeah. like yeah. – including like, you know, heads of royal commissions and things. So not where you can be like, hey, can we just do that again because you're S whistles? Yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, it's been really it's been um kind of cool. So that is fun. I just had this really surreal like thing the other day where I was like, I'm sitting during the day and I'm podcasting and I'm like getting paid <laughs> for it. Like this is so and I don't even have to do the talking. I'm just doing the editing and, and all the producing. So that's really cool too. Ah, um, so when your staff come in and see what you're working on, it's like, oh, I didn't know we were doing one called Action Figure Blues. <laughs> no, no. And of course then, like, we, we did a we did a prototype and I've got to say it sounded fantastic. But then people are kind of like, oh, so, okay, can you get these other 10 done? Like, you know, will that take kind of one, two days, et cetera? And I'm like, okay, it is such a compliment that you uh, that you listened <laughs> yes. to it and thought that, it sounded easy, but I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that's all good. Yeah, all good. And uh, yeah. what what have we been acquiring? Um, I personally am uh, feel like I may be crushed under an avalanche of Marvel Legends acquisitions. Um, yeah, because Hasbro. I, I feel like uh, there's some sort of weird plot to try and bankrupt uh, middle aged. <laughs> middle middle class geeks um by fueling a ridiculous amount of Marvel Legends releases at the Oh and Star Wars Black too. Okay, well I've escaped that at least. <laughs> mm, mm. Oh, that's it's insane. Like, mm. You can't complain that they're not producing product. No. No. So we, we, we have to get our act together, you and Eddie and I, and do some strategic uh Marvel Legend toy breakdowns to work through uh, at least some of these because there's some pretty cool releases in all of this um besides that ben what have you been acquiring well i realized that i hadn't uh ordered the marvel legends um what are they called the, the vintage wave the latest vintage wave um, I, I think there was just so much going on yeah. and, you know, pre-orders and all this sort of thing that it dawned on me that I went looking through all of my confirmation emails and thought, I didn't actually order them from anywhere. <laughs> and so then, of course, I went to all my usual haunts and they're all sold out, of course. Um, so, uh, so yes, I did find an e-tailer that had them and um, got in the usual array of Dazzler and Silver Samurai, who I was just absolutely thrilled to finally yeah. See in action figure form. That's just uh, one of the the characters that I've been has been on my want list for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the other thing I got was my sideshow Green Arrow premium format statue, which uh, was a, 
I know, I know. But it was a little <laughs> perplexing because normally you get this email from Sideshow that says, um, you know, here's your shipping information and you've got your tracking number. And, of course, you know, you get really excited and click on the tracking number and basically the only thing that registers is the fact that it's been entered into the system so, you know, it hasn't moved yet and it's really, you know, frustrating. But I got my uh, Sideshow X23 statue, which uh, I'll be reviewing tonight, and then I get home the next day and there's this thing from DHL going, sorry, we missed you. And I'm like, sorry, we missed you. You didn't miss me. You delivered the statue yesterday, you <laughs> fools. Um, and then I'm working from home the next day and this guy turns up with this enormous box um, and it's my Green Arrow statue. And I'm like, what? Like, that's really bizarre. And then two days later, I get the email from Sideshow going, hey, here's your shipping information. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, Better late than never. <laughs> no, no offense, sideshow, but I, I think you might be slipping in that particular area. So, yes, but um, that was good. Good to get. But that's actually the last. I think. Whoa, that is the first time in about eight or nine years I haven't had anything on order from sideshow. Well, hmm. so, well I don't either because hmm. they cancelled my Green Arrow. But anyway, that's not right. Yes. Um, the- <laughs> I'm just going to have to settle for the regular, and you've you've assured me that the regular head is better anyway. So, just, I do like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're it's gonna, nice. We're going to run with. I just, you know, I'm such a kind of classic fan, and the that that's just so my Green Arrow, the um, exclusive. But you know, it's just kind of one of those things that you're like, okay, well, I tried, it didn't happen, no fault of mine. Can't worry yeah. about it. You know, like yeah. that's life. Um, yeah. so and I'm sure he'll still be amazing, and maybe someday someone will sell a X head on eBay or something and I'll try, right. <laughs> you know, I'll snag it in a deal. Yes. Uh, what about you, Adam? What have you been acquiring besides injuries and too much work? Uh, not that much really. Um, I know I have a shipment of stuff on the way from big bad toy store. I assume it's largely populated with dragon ball Z figure arts. Um, otherwise yeah, that's about it. I'm being boring. I've still got a backlog of figure arts to go through anyway and review. <laughs> I what if besides like all the Marvel Legends, I got my vintage uh, wave. I got my all my 80th anniversary, the amazing Thor and Cap and yeah. stuff. I've got my um smart my Endgame wave, which I have not even opened. Like, crazy. <laughs> and then I've ordered my. Wendigo wave from Amazon and they're coming in like dribs and drabs. So I've got a couple of those um, as well. And then I got DC designer series, Jim Lee Nightwing statue, which is a like scaled up and colored version of the black and white Nightwing um, from a few years ago. And I hadn't, uh, pre-ordered it because I kind of was like, oh, I'll see it in person and decide if I really need it or not, seeing as I have the smaller version of it. But it's quite fancy. I really like it. So I had to get that. And besides Marvel Legends, since I was last on the show, that's all I have uh, acquired. I have a bunch of stuff to open because I've been busy. Just And I lost my – I mentioned uh, – either one or two episodes ago about the great flood that took away half our house and mm. the, of the mm. great overflowing bath saga. 
And so I've you know lost a lot of my display space while cupboards are down, and I'm waiting for replacement carpet to get new cupboards. And I've lost my kind of photographing space. But now that the extra child has vacated, I, <laughs> yes. So I I did the I did the right thing, and I said to Mrs. Scotty, you know, if you wanted to set up a study in that room you could and she was like oh no i i don't like you know, doing that i'm happy just kind of you know working with my lateral my lap whatever but you know you could use that to take your photos and i was like i love you you are a goddess amongst women that's what and because that's what nearly came out of my mouth and then i thought i better offer it to you first <laughs> yeah winning <laughs> Yeah, and she was like, I'm pretty awesome for someone who basically hates the damn things, aren't I? <laughs> yes, yes, you are. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we all have acquisitions to review. And so unless anyone has anything else that they would like to share in this unstructured banters, no, we'll come back and start talking about our new stuff. Right. Hey. Armor up, Iron Man. Engage interlock mechanics. Armor up, War Machine. Hydro Armor Iron Man and action figures each sold separately. Well, Ben's reviews of Sideshow purchases are always highlights. A, because he does a great job of explaining his purchase, and B, because there's usually some tale of toil or misfortune um, involved in either the, <laughs> the receiving or um, putting together of said items. So I look forward to both segments with each equal um, glee, and I'll hand over to you now. And if it all went smoothly, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed. Yeah. Well, boy, are you in luck. <laughs> uh, for, for those regular listeners, and uh, not too far in the past, I reviewed the Sideshow Collectibles Rogue Marquette. Um, that was actually last episode, if you're reading between the lines. Uh, and I had a bit of a, a rant to accompany that review. It was uh, economically driven, um, and I just had to get it out of my system uh, about how the price increase for the hobby is making it, um, I don't know, a um, bit of a bit of a dilemma for future collecting. Um, I know statue collecting is not particularly high on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, it, uh, it makes me happy. But I received my X23 premium format statue from Sideshow Collectibles. Now, X23 uh, has also gone by the uh, the name the all-new Wolverine, um, but she's also known as Laura Kinney. So she's the, uh, the female Wolverine. And uh, I, I was uh, – I must admit, after a few – glitches here and there with Sideshow in the past, I do actually tend to get more nervous than excited when I'm opening a new statue um, because of potential issues. And uh, this one in particular had me a little nervous because if you're familiar with the character, she has lots of pointy bits. Uh, and when that's replicated in polystone, it uh, introduces uh, all sorts of you know, 
chances of a breakage and whatnot. Uh, so anyway, I went about my usual uh, pattern of opening a statue. I lay the box uh, on the floor and I slide the uh, the art box inside out. And this is another one of those boxes that actually has uh, the gap between the brown shipper and the art box using um, these kind of nifty, you know, almost L-shaped um, foam pieces to create a bit of a buffer between them, which uh, which works really well, except for the additional size of the shipper. But anyway, so uh, I got the art box out and uh, nothing really exciting happening here. I don't know whether Sideshow are sort of cutting costs in terms of uh, developing sort of fun uh, box art. This is another one of those statues where it's really, I mean, it looks good. There's some sort of artificially created background, but it's really... Uh, just photos of the piece you're about to open, which is a, a bit sort of boring, I guess. Um, so not a huge amount to talk about. It works uh, fine as it is. This piece actually comes in, um, well, I don't know what the industry term is, but instead of a, a split styrofoam, it's actually a triple styrofoam that, uh, with uh, an upper and a lower because there's quite a few pieces that go with it. So, so yes, there's actually two seams that you have to sort of cut around through the tape. So, anyway, I've got the styrene box. When I say styrene, the, this is that, that white um, polystyrene that sort of holds your Blu-ray player in the box um, when you buy one. Uh, and I've got the box laying on the floor with the Sideshow logo pointing up so that I don't have it upside down. And as I'm running my little blade around the outside um, to, to sort of cut the tape that holds it closed, I'm actually looking at it and I notice this really long black hair. And I thought, well, given that my children have blonde hair and I don't have enough hair to count, um, I thought, oh, okay, that's definitely not mine. And then I noticed it was actually held in place by the tape. So I thought this has come all the way from China, given that it was a long black hair, about kind of six, seven inches long. And I thought, ew, that's not mine. Ew, okay, you know, things happen. Um, and so I you know, disposed of the hair, kept cutting, and then I noticed another hair. And I thought, oh. So then I looked a bit closer and I turned the box onto its side. Uh, and all up, um, I ended up removing uh, 10 hairs from the side of the box. <laughs> I thought, this is really peculiar. I've, I've never seen anything like this before. It was, I, I don't know whether the person was shedding uh, or, or what was going on, but um, the fact you know that they I'm, were. You know what I'm picturing? Uh, Mei Ling sneaking up behind Peeling and whacking her on both sides of the head with styrofoam. Yeah. yeah just some like yeah. factory hijinks, you know? Like- some kind of uh, <laughs> sticky tape fight where. <laughs> You know, they were someone got some tape stuck to their hair, but they weren't allowed to waste it, so they stuck it. Um, they stuck it around the box anyway. Uh, yeah, so it was very peculiar, a little bit off-putting. I mean, it's you know, I mean, nobody likes a hair in their soup, and I certainly don't like you know a dozen hairs in my statue. So anyway, I was having a bit of a laugh to myself and thought, ho ho ho, I, I can't wait to relate this story to the lads on the next podcast. <laughs> but it gets better. Oh, no. It gets better. Not used condom better, but it's certainly getting, you know, up there. Uh. I, uh, I I then proceeded to take the top of the, the first layer off, which uh, it has the, the bases in the bottom, and so the top half actually has uh, X-23 herself and, and some extra pieces. And as I was lifting the top off, this white styrofoam kind of fell out, and I thought, oh, what's going on here? Part of the styrene is, is damaged. When I took the top lid off, 
it was effectively filled with tiny pieces of styrofoam. I'm talking those little bits that occasionally, you, you know, the, the problem you have, Scotty, when you, you know, you're moving the styrofoam. You did, you get the odd little one or two bits that get left over on the carpet, and you, you know, you dutifully pick them up so the dog doesn't eat them or whatever. Um, but no, 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 no. It was everywhere, everywhere. I'm talking. It was all over the statue, all over the base. It was everywhere and then the more i looked at it and of course i started to try and brush it off and then it was sticking to my hands and so i thought well i'm not getting anywhere here so in the end i actually had to go and get the handheld vacuum cleaner with the brush attachment and i had to vacuum clean my statue (laughs) every single piece was absolutely covered in these little bits of styrofoam and i'm looking everywhere at the styrofoam tray and, and the lid thinking that maybe it got damaged in transit and this was kind of the bits that came off it. But then I quickly realised there was way too much for it to be actually part of the styrofoam tray. And then after I finished inspecting it, there was no damage that I could see. So, like, this is just extra foam that you get, I don't know why. So I was thinking about it and the only thing I can think of, the, the only possible explanation is that, like... I don't know, gold, iPhones, and heroin as hot commodities. Maybe in China, styrofoam is a hot commodity too. And maybe, you know, Mailing was in the process of smuggling a, a chunk of styrofoam out of the factory when, you know, there was a sudden shift change <laughs> of supervisors or something. And she's had a panic attack, grabbed the only thing that was handy, which was a cheese grater, and then grated this piece of styrofoam into nothing so that she wouldn't get caught. Now, other than the cheese grater, I, I think my story is pretty bulletproof. Like, really. Like, <laughs> I, I can't explain how so much styrofoam got on the inside of this box. It was just – it was because I spent probably 15 minutes taking each piece out <coughs> and vacuuming it and then vacuuming the little cavities in, in the um, styrofoam <coughs> tray to sort of get rid of all the bits. And it was, it was everywhere. It was all over me, all over the dog. It was just absolutely bizarre. So you know you've now got um, styrofoam termites in your house and they're just going oh, to go through all the <laughs> styrofoam you have. So, I mean, I hope you don't want to keep any of the other styrofoam. <laughs> it was just, it was incredibly bizarre. So that that is definitely the strangest statue unboxing I've ever had. And I, all I could think of was it would have been incredibly amusing if I was, you know, doing one a, a, a YouTube video unboxing where I had to suddenly stop and vacuum everything. So I anyway. Think I think they're trolling you now. They're like, you know, they, they've... <laughs> Heard the, the the tales of you know, having to drill extra holes and you know <laughs> things, and, and they're like, hmm, "What can we do this time?" <laughs> oh, maybe it was the sideshow farewell. So, listen, anyway, listen, I, 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 I that was the perfect unplanned intro to this segment, <laughs> and but but also, you know, you're nothing but predictable, and I thank you for it. <laughs> So that's right. <laughs> you are welcome. You are welcome. All right. So getting to the good bits. Um, this is a, a 2019 release. Uh, I only got it a couple of weeks ago, which also makes it 2019. Um, it is a premium format, so it's quarter scale. Um, she's about two feet tall. I don't know. That's probably kind of the oh, I don't know. Maybe to the top of. Well, she's got two portraits, and the hair goes in two different directions depending on which one you've actually got. 
Um, and so the, the hair adds quite a bit of height to it. So you're looking at about two feet tall, which is uh, about 61 centimetres. Now, pretty sure she was about 590 US when she came out, but for some reason, um, Sideshow takes it upon itself to convert to Australian dollars, um, and I haven't bothered to, to translate it backwards. Um, this is one of the new X-Men series um, characters that seems to be kind of reinventing the line and much the the same as rogue this is a really really action-based piece uh obviously uh sideshow have heard uh scotty and i mock them in the past with their traditional um museum pose with one knee up um because i i can't actually think of a statue that sideshow has put out that is in quarter scale that has got this much um action to it it's just absolutely dynamic in in what's happening this is x23 in in full action um which is uh which is awesome so this is also part of i guess that kind of sentinel um danger room series and uh, the art direction is just a uh, fantastic so it's x23 in full attack mode and uh, basically she's leaping over what's left of a, a sentinel hand and if you're familiar with marvel legends and the tentacles that come out of the palms of those uh, those figures uh, this is what it pretty much represents you can see what's left of a, a cable coming out of uh, a damaged sentinel hand and she's kind of leaping over the top of it with all her claws uh, in in full uh, full go so um this was actually sculpted by Dan Ulrich, who I have to confess I was not familiar with. Um, and so a quick hunt around on Google reveals that um, he's done an awful lot of sculpture, just not a lot of superhero sculpture. But the one piece that many people might recognize was the Sideshow uh, premium format Black Canary was one of his. So um, he's hoping Dan does some more work because, you know, this is actually a really, really fun piece. So the... Um, in terms of um, the packaging, it's all collector-friendly and that sort of thing, but there is quite a few pieces involved, so it's worth paying attention um, as you're taking them out in case you ever have to kind of put it away again. Um, Rogue had uh, quite a few pieces, and this has quite a few as well. So in terms of sculpt, this has one of the best bases that Sideshow has ever produced. I must admit I didn't pay that much attention to it uh, when it was first solicited. You know, I, I knew what it was, but I, I didn't sort of um, buy it you know, specifically for, for that. Uh, but the level of detail in this sentinel hand is just absolutely crazy. Up close, it really is quite amazing. I think this shows just how much they can do these days with the, the 3D rendering in ZBrush and things like that. There's uh, insane amounts of detail in the, the way the hand is is built with kind of, you know, circuitry and hydraulics and all that kind of fancy technical talk. It really is quite amazing. But obviously, it's the first piece you take out. And boy, is there some heft to this. Like, it's a solid piece. And and uh, obviously, it has to support a character who's in the air. So um, it's got some some real weight to it. Um, I was actually pretty excited. My um, I can't remember what the limited edition was on this piece, but um, mine was actually 17. I think this was limited to 1250. So 17 is actually the lowest statue I've got in uh, sideshow pieces. So it doesn't beat Scotty's uh, Sinestro, but um, yeah, I was pretty excited for that. <laughs> so once uh, once you get the base out and planted, um, it really does follow the rogue market a little bit. And then the next piece is the cable coming out of the palm. There's quite a big chunky piece that's got a, a nice key on it that just slots into um, the hole in the, the palm of that um, that hand. And 
if you're looking at uh, pictures of her, you probably wonder how you actually suspend her in the air like that. But once you get the main part of the tentacle in, you take Laura herself out. Now, she's actually entirely one piece except for the head, which made me incredibly nervous because if you know X-23, she's got two claws that come out of her hands, but she's actually got one that comes out of each foot. Um, All of those are fully intact already. So when you take her out, you've got to be very careful because she has lots of pointy things going on. Um, so both of those feet already have those, those claws sticking out. And so I was, I was, you know, really nervous about even bumping those claws up against anything. Um, so fortunately she comes out and, um, on her right calf, um, she's got a a very large key, uh, attached to that, which actually slots in to the back of that cable. And it's done in a way that it's really not obvious. It's actually really, really impressive how well that just slips in there. Um, once you've done that, then there's an additional part of the cable that, uh, attaches to the main part of the cable behind her leg. And that's what actually gives the impression that it's trying to wrap itself around, um, her leg. So that comes together really, really well. Um, this is the exclusive edition. So she has two portraits. There's, uh, uh, what, the exclusive one is what they call the Rage Portrait. Um, it's actually her X-Force mask, which uh, is kind of the black domino mask with the red eyes. And then there's the regular version, um, which is unmasked, where she's just got a bit of a, uh, I don't know, teeth grit, uh, gritted, gritted, gritted teeth um, and is not as aggressive, but is certainly still quite aggressive. So um, pretty much in keeping with the character. What I really like about the art direction of this piece is when she was first introduced into the Marvel Universe, appearing first in the X-Men Evolution cartoon, and then she transferred sort of into comics, um, is she was actually portrayed as being quite young. And uh, as is, you know, not that unusual in comic books, it's pretty easy for artists to start drawing female characters and just kind of, you know, overly sexualizing them by sort of giving them bigger busts and stuff like that. And uh, quite a few people have actually commented that that was actually not the right thing to do with this character. She was always meant to be that kind of slightly built, you know, teenage girl. And so giving her those kind of exaggerated proportions didn't do justice to the character. And I think what's really awesome about this piece is none of that is actually present here. She really has been dialed back in terms of that, um, that kind of sexuality. So it's, you know, I mean, you've obviously got power girl, um, who is known for that sort of thing. So here they've, um, they've made it sort of quite subtle. So it's not the, the selling point to the character. It really is all about the, the sort of the aggression and the claws, which is fantastic. Um, what I really love about the sculpt in this piece is, well, there's not a lot going on with the costume. There's so much detail in it. There's contrasting patterns in her top, um, but her pants in particular really do actually give you that leather um, effect. I think, you know, Scotty, we've talked about this in the past, how, you know, when you look at something in the pictures, you can't quite tell whether it's, um, you yeah. know, material, you know, whether it is actually sculpted. And that's what happens here. You're sort of looking yeah. at it going, is that, no, it's hard to tell whether that's mixed media or not. So this is fully sculpted. There's no mixed media of any kind. And um, you can see that right through the whole piece. She's got these astonishing boots that, you know, once again have all this amazing detail carved into it. Just uh, I think I said the same thing about Rogue's um, boots as well. Like, you know, the tread on the bottom of them is really detailed. So we really are moving into a new era in terms of the amount of detail that, that we can actually capture in some of these sculptures. So it's absolutely fantastic. Um, in terms of the actual costume that she's wearing, 
I think one of the the things with X twenty three is I don't think she's ever really had the chance to um, build up that costume that we all know and love like she doesn't have that one identifiable costume everybody seems to do the same variation of the yellow and black obviously when she became the all-new wolverine she had a very very distinct blue and yellow uh costume but now that wolverine's back she's kind of reverted back to x23 um and and where's the the black and yellow variation and i think every artist that comes on board basically reimagines it so i think what we have here is a combination of both her regular black and yellow costume and her x-force outfit um, I also don't know whether that was maybe so that they could do the alternate heads and you could actually sort of display the X-Force head or the regular head and, and still sort of stay in character. Um, so for those that don't know, X-23, she's a clone of Wolverine. She is the 23rd and first successful uh, attempt. And uh, she obviously has all the claws and stuff to go with it. Um, I mean, the, the sculpt in this is just exquisite. Like the the way I just I can't get over that, that they've actually managed to pull this off and having the claws built in to this. I honestly thought that this was the sort of thing that I'd be adding the claws separately just because um, of that. They're just so fine compared to Wolverine's claws. They're like a fraction of the the size in terms of the depth of the blade and stuff like that. So the sculpt is just absolutely fantastic. I really don't have any problems with uh, any part of it at all. I think um, they've really done justice to the character. Paint-wise, um, I think they've done the, kind of the best they can with what they've got. There's there's not a lot of opportunity here for flashy colours or contrasting colours or anything like that. The flesh tone in particular is really, really nicely done. Um, it's one of the first things I look at uh, is to see, you know, whether they've actually applied that smoothly to really give that that nice kind of flat flesh appearance, and uh, they have done that quite well. The costume itself is actually quite matte. There's, there's no, um, no sort of gloss anywhere. Um, I don't know whether that was a deliberate choice, but um, it works quite well, I have to say. So you're looking at a very, very dark kind of charcoal colour, not quite black, um, contrasting with sort of the, the yellow on her top. Um, not Nothing else really to kind of talk about. The X belt buckle does um, make for a nice touch as well. Um, that's nicely done actually on mine. Actually, normally the seams uh, are what is what I'm looking at to see uh, how the paint application has been done. And it's really quite, I don't know, it's really quite remarkable. I, I, I'm actually struggling to, you know, I'm struggling to pick anything. I mean, really the only thing that I was a bit yeah, so-so on was in the regular portrait, the way they've kind of done the gridded teeth. Um, I, I, I can't. I can't put my finger on what it is, but it almost looks like she's wearing braces. It's almost like she has too much bulk in her mouth. Um, you look at it up close and you kind of go, well, no, there's nothing there. I don't know. Could they have done Maybe something? she's different? got adamantium and, teeth. Well, that's right. Who knows? So, But, uh, look, you know, both portraits have this amazing hair that shows that she's definitely in action. She's got this enormous head of hair that's blowing in uh, different directions. Um, what I also like is that both portraits are completely different in terms of the way the hair is going. So they're actually going in two different directions, um, depending on which one you display. I notice, I think it was the... Um, the White Queen statue has exactly the same portrait but with different hair, whereas um, these heads are both completely different to each other. There's no similarities at all, so which is really good. But the the detail in her hair is quite extraordinary. I thought they did an amazing job with Rogue, but there's a really um, huge amount of strands, I guess, that is one of the hardest things to actually sculpt and make it look realistic, and they've captured that really, really well. 
So, you know, in in the flesh, as it were, having a statue in front of you, it's really quite impressive the way they've managed to to pull off this design and have her kind of floating in the air like that. I really sort of have to take my cap off to Sideshow for, for stepping outside the box and trying something a bit different. Um, I imagine this would have had uh, the engineers kind of scratching their head a little bit as to sort of how to pull this off, and they've managed to do it quite well. So overall, I, I really can't fault this piece at all um i you know i probably is is not fair taking any points off because of uh, excess hair and styrene um and so you know it really does leave me with uh, with a 10 out of 10 um this character grew on me exponentially um i took a chance on the marjorie lou series and uh, i really enjoyed it and i've picked up sort of all her appearances since then um, and then with um, Tom Taylor taking over writing the character, I think he just took her to a, a whole new level as well. She's really sort of come into her own. Um, I think the addition of the uh, the other clone, the teenage clone, Gabby, who um, goes by the name Honey Badger, um, you know, added a whole new level. She sort of became the, the protective big sister. And, yeah, she's um, pretty fast becoming one of my favourite characters. So... Um, yeah, nothing more to say. Sideshow have knocked it out of the park again for me. Um, I have to give this 10 out of 10 dollies. Very good. Well, I mean, it's a, the, the, as, as you said, the dynamism of this pose is great and you certainly can't, uh, you know, criticise the, the, I think some of these new X-Men pieces, like the Gambit maquette that they were solicited, etc. Uh, yeah. It's great. It's great to see them, kind of branching out because while yes, we're getting uh, some of these repeat characters, you know, in, in statue years, in premium format years in fairly quickly. Um, yeah. Some the, the original ones, some of them were a bit phoned in from a pose and, you know, base perspective. Right, so that yeah, yeah, they it, yeah. so it is yeah, I, I, and I think this is just beautiful. It, it is, yeah. It's a really, I mean, the only other X twenty three that they've done that kind of people had in their collections was the Comicette, um, which is I think it's a very nice piece, but I, I think it's dated um, quite poorly, uh, particularly you know looking at the great job that they've done here. So yeah, really really welcome addition to the collection. Very good. Very good. Thank you very much for that, Ben. And a good uh, companion interview to last week's Rogue uh, as well. Let's take a short break and we will come back and we will talk about the new things that Adam has. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X Heroes by author Peter Kleins. X Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, Adam likes to uh, collect things that have the longest names 
uh, <laughs> and often are hard to say either because they're hard to pronounce or because they repeat the same words over and over. Uh, now, I, I have to say that after however many years of introducing and listening to these Dragon Ball reviews, I am convinced that uh, most of these toys actually do not exist. And that <laughs> a bit like a magnetic word kit where you just throw them around, you know, Adam just jumbles up these Super Saiyan God, Saiyan Joku, Boku, Hoku uh, <laughs> words um, and goes, what? Are, and because and, they all look the same. And so I, I, I call bollocks on the, the whole thing. Uh, you're a fraud. Etc. Um, so go ahead and review your pretend made up whatever it is this week, Adam, yeah. and then yeah, etc. And then f off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's, it's all a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, and then get, one then giant, get, one long con. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then get off my lawn, you jam kid. <laughs> okay. Well, after that sterling introduction, um, this is the SH figure arts Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Vegeta. Um, See what I mean? We- he can't even say <laughs> yeah. it. He's like, wait, oh no, I dropped a magnetic word. Where is it? Yeah. Um, and this one hasn't got any other branding to go with it on that name. Um, I have taken a calling this the Mark II. Uh, this is from the Dragon Ball Z, um, the recent Broly, or Broly, depending on how you want to say that word, uh, movie as compared to the last one, which was from Resurrection of F, the movie. Um, and also the would line up well with the um, actual TV show episodes that, that went with it. So I had a look at this and I was kind of going, eh, maybe I could do this as a review that compares to the previous model and we could talk about the differences there. And while that's one angle, um, the more I looked at this, I was going, but wait, this is, this is new. This is actually all, or for the most part, new. And that's kind of the kicker with this figure is it is a new buck for Vegeta, more or less. Um, and I guess that means we want to talk about some of those things as well. Um, so if we get some of the preliminaries out of the way, um, this is a 2019 figure. It's from Bandai. And you can pick it up for about $60 if you are interested in comparing to just the last Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta. Um, that was $44 at the time of release. And I think you can probably still pick it up for around that price as an upper marker, or you're probably overpaying. Um, the box is fairly standard for a figure arts, particularly in the Dragon Ball Z line. So you have uh, the three-quarter window type arrangement there with the, the paint, so you can see what you're getting. You have your figure in a covered tray to keep all your goodies inside so they don't go spilling all over the floor when you first open things. You have a piece of the kind of tearly blue, very dark, tearly, aquary blue colour card behind that. And behind that, you have your instructions for how to play figure. Um, and personally, I don't think you need to read that this time out. It's all fairly straightforward if you can tell the difference between a left hand and a right hand. Uh, and if you can tell the difference between Super Saiyan God and Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan heads, which is easy enough if you are not colorblind. Um, this all goes fairly swimmingly. So, that out of the way. The figure itself um, uses most of the tricks we've come to know and love in terms of articulation from a figure arts figure. 
So that means you have a double jointed neck, as in there's a ball joint at the top that the head sits on. There's another ball joint at the bottom, so you can actually flex the neck around a bit inside the chest cavity. Their arms are a butterfly arm. Uh, they are not the best rendition of that. They, so that's at the shoulder. Um, there's a bicep swivel cut. There's a double hinge for the elbow and a ball joint for the hand. Uh, there is a ball joint for a kind of chest to abs cut. There is a waist rotation, which is another ball joint. There is the nappy T-piece crotch thing going on again. <laughs> um, a double hinge knee, which is standard. Um, there is a ball jointed foot with a toe cut in that as well. The ball joint on that foot is, from what I can tell, I, without going and pulling out some of the older figures, it looks like the actual ball joint is further back in the foot, so it looks like it's actually more where you would actually expect a real-life ankle joint to sit. Uh, that is nice from a purest form of anatomy. It does not always look so good from a I-have-posed-my-figure perspective. Um, the reason I say that is if you actually try and do a... Um, try to think how you would explain this. You have the foot... Uh, arched as far back as you could. So if you were essentially, you know, just dangling your foot without providing any support for your foot whatsoever and just letting it hang kind of limply, there is now a ginormous gap between the bottom of his um, the boot portion and the top of the foot portion of the whole assembly there, and it looks quite naff. Uh, the T-crotch is about as attractive as ever, which means not really at all. Uh, <laughs> the other criticism here with the articulation um, the, I'm ignoring my usual, I would love to have a, a, a more ball jointed or a more flexible elbow so I can actually get some rotation sideways through that joint. The gloves are a bit too bulky before it meets the hand, so it just looks like he's got fat, fat, fat wrists um, and then just hands stuck on top of them. And the shoulders um, don't actually connect up to the – so the arm part of the shoulder is not correct connect well with the torso part of the shoulder so that if you actually try and put them so that they are aligned in kind of a more realistic pose or even an anime realistic pose, the arm pose or the rest of the arm is not as poseable as you would like. So you have to have the shoulder down a bit, which means there's now a gap that's quite obvious. So that's not great. Mm -hmm. The other things when I talk about this is a whole new figure, if you scale this next to every other Vegeta figure, this seems to be the shortest one yet. Uh, good, bad, meh, can't really comment. Um, it's it's not significantly shorter. It's probably a couple of mil shorter at the shoulders. Um, the neck is a short kind of neck, so it's not a, a nice long one, and it's the shortest version of Vegeta's hair that we've had yet. Uh, from what I can tell. <laughs> big hair tonight, ladies and gents. Yeah, so it, it, it has the overall appearance of making him look a bit fatter. Um, oh, okay. The other thing is the shoulders, I think, are more sculpted than we've had before. And the legs, particularly the, the quads and the, the upper thighs and all that kind of region, they look thicker and fatter than we've had before. Part of that 
maybe from the margin Vegeta, like just the actual quads. Uh, but the rest, everything above that would not be because it's a different uh, different cut than we had on Margin Vegeta. So that's completely different. You compare that to the last, if we want to do that direct comparison to the last uh, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta, um, that guy had a completely different sculpt to every other Vegeta before and since. Uh, it was done basically to align with the, the movie version of it where he was slimmed down a lot more, so he's a lot more aerodynamic, a lot more slender. Um, and I kind of like that look a bit better, and it actually goes better when you also consider that this has a packing head for a Super Saiyan God Vegeta, which is a form where he is significantly more slender. Um, if we compare that to pulling up a, a side-by-side comparison of the different forms of Vegeta from some of the kind of turnarounds or um, art reference shots for the the movie you'll see that this is correct um vegeta is and he's basically the same height when he's super saiyan versus super saiyan blue but he is bulkier in super saiyan blue in super saiyan god he's the skinniest rakiest version of vegeta we have had and that's the point at which this figure starts to get kind of hinky is we're saying well but you can put a super saiyan god head on him yeah i can it's the same head but just with uh different paint applied because it came with uh but he's now a super fat looking super saiyan god and that (laughs) form has never been a fat form so that's that's you know it's really good to have a new base but overall he looks fatter because he looks shorter and he's bulkier so I'm not stoked about that. Uh, I think in terms of the other articulation parts, you know, the butterfly joint is really well hidden in terms of you cannot see it outside of the torso. You can't make it come outside the torso basically at all. You can get it a little bit outside at the back, uh, which is nice from an aesthetics point of view in terms of it's hidden. I think it would have been nice to have something that, like a little insert. They've done this with uh, sleeved characters before where they have the sleeve as a, a um, essentially sits in a ball joint on top of the shoulder, even if it's just like in a, a little notch so it just rolls around freely. Um, if we'd, they'd done some kind of insert that sat over the shoulder so you could have that happen for when you have arms down so that you can actually get a decent arm pose. The the rest of the articulation I'm fine with, and I think, yeah, the wrists needed to be made thinner. It's a really fat ball joint for the hand, so at least it's going to be sturdy, which is always nice to know. In terms of paint, I have no paint issues on most of this. Um, there is a slight little bit of slop slash bleed where, excuse me, the fold, so it comes with a folded arms part as well, and where the gloves, which are kind of the greyish white colour, meet the dark, what's well, really a very dark navy blue of the the body suit, uh, that goes together, and you can see little bits of bleeding just around the edges. It's not too bad if you you're not looking at it close up. Um, it just it's mainly noticeable in the gaps between fingers. So that's not ideal. The other thing with this figure, and it matches the uh, movie, is that the traditional Vegeta Saiyan armor where it's all white with the, the yellow slash gold slash brown 
the metallic looking pieces is now white trim with the internals of panels of those done in a gray color and that's done really well i have no gripes with that uh, i think it it kind of threw me first off and i'm like wait was it really that color and i had to go and check against the natural images and you know uh, clips from the movie and it is perfectly correct so that's fantastic to see that they've got that right um, it's just a little off-putting from you know having watched years and years of Dragon Ball Z where it was all white but that's nice to see um, portrait wise there are three portraits for Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan there is the default one which is kind of the neutral serious Vegeta face where he's giving you the thousand yard uh stare slash um daggers stare there's a shouting face one which is not at all surprising it's a pretty standard vegeta face there is the gritted teeth face uh also fairly standard vegeta all of these are vegeta looking straight ahead which is fractionally disappointing um vegeta is one of those guys who has a lot of very flashy attacks and poses that involve him standing side on uh, or he'll be looking kind of up and away a bit because he's been fractionally surprised, which again feeds into he's kind of an arrogant guy and uh, does underestimate people when he thinks he's far and away the best fighter that there is. So not having a I'm looking around a bit face is a little bit disappointing, but I can live with it. Uh, face portrait just comes straight off the hair in this case it's really easy to do getting it back on is actually i've found the easiest way to do it is don't worry about there's so there's two pegs that come out and then there's a groove for the head to sit in i've found the easiest thing to do is ignore the two pegs get the uh head to sit into the slot that it goes into in terms of the bottom slot and just push them together and that works fan fantastically well the super saiyan godhead uh, is the same proportions, so looks a little bit fat for a Super Saiyan God, is done with a pinky red hair, which is pretty good. Um, it's possibly a shade off, like it's possibly a shade too dark in terms of the colour. I can live with that, though. Uh, and it's the same sculpt in terms of the head and uh, portrait piece. And the face is essentially a, a smirky face, which is fine with me. It's another thing that Vegeta does a lot of is smirky. The thing that's kind of joyful is if you want to now have uh, a pink-haired Vegeta, so around the, the eyebrows and uh, his, it's not really bangs, but uh, kind of his forelock area, so the, the front row of hair if you want that, and you want him to have uh, a bulk blue hair, head of hair at the back, you can do that. And alternatively, if you want to have a blue-haired portrait and pink out the back, you can do that too. So it's kind of a, it's almost like a bit of a mullet situation where you can choose whether you want business at the front or party at the back or vice versa. Yeah. So I've, I've had a bit of fun playing around with that. Um, it's not at all unusual. It's a dolly. I'm allowed to play with my dollies. In terms of uh, the hands options, so he comes equipped with, surprise, surprise, default punchy hands. He has uh, swap outs that are, he has final flash hands. So that's essentially uh, palms flat, all fingers flayed out. He has Gallic gun type hands. So kind of fingers crabbed, uh, but splayed out. 
he has his uh, fighting stance hands where he kind of folds the bottom two fingers of each hand in into a fist and then has the front two fingers and thumb cocked up uh, ready to go. And he also has a right hand that's a thumbs up hand. So, you know, every now and then Vegeta is kind of nice to people and does things like give them a thumbs up or, or things like that. So you have that as an option as well. Um, it's kind of a very loose thumbs up, like he's not got a tight fist. It's just straight thumbs up, but the uh, the top finger is a bit loose in that pose, which is different. Um, so I guess uh, if you want to take a more negative approach on it, you could turn that into a thumbs down, and that's, that's the same hand works. So I think overall it's a nice figure in terms of we've got a decent array of swap outs. I'm glad we have now got a Super Saiyan God head for Vegeta. Uh, it's a bit disappointing that it's for a fat-bodied figure. I have not tried it on a skinnier-bodied figure, which would be ideal. Uh, I think the figure is... The proportions are probably okay, in all honesty. It's probably just a few places, like the wrists are too thick um, and the neck being too thick, which if we don't just do straight reuse on this uh, buck and actually do some some changes, that'd be fine. It'd all come out pretty good if we had those fixed. I don't know that we will get that, so I guess we're probably going to get stuck with it. In terms of comparison, so what the main differences are to the last Super Saiyan God, so yes, it's a skinnier figure. Um, the other one was a skinnier figure. It had a different outfit, so it was the grey um, bodysuit with the kind of you know, 2000s-era Marvel um, scenes on all costumes. Uh, it had Wiss's um, signature doodle thing on his chest, and the battle armor was that kind of less um, detailed armor. I'm trying to remember what the swap-outs for that were. Oh, here we go. Swap-outs for that. So you had three portrait, three additional portraits to the default one. Uh, you had... The Gallic Gun hands, Final Flash hands, Punchy hands, and some other weird pose hands um, <laughs> that went with it. And yeah, so it was it was about the same amount of um, overall accessories. It was significantly cheaper. So you know, if you don't care, you just want one of those Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan looking heads. And other than that, you're fine with what the body is. Uh, Buy the old one. If you want one that I think overall looks a bit better, you're probably going to buy this one. Uh, it's going to cost you a little bit more. It's probably worth it. If you don't care at all about Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan or Super Saiyan God, uh, give this figure a pass. Um, overall, i probably give this probably 7.5 out of 10, trending towards 8 out of 10. Nice. Hmm. So how did this review uh, kind of swerve into fat shaming? <laughs> that, oh, that, you know, <laughs> just it's just casual. Well, it's just casual fat shaming. Casual yeah. fat shaming is never casual. But, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, the um, Broly just makes him look so diminutive. He really just yeah. Know, Broly, Broly's gigantic, but yeah, wow, he really does kind of. Looks small. I, I I love Vegeta. I, I just think he's such a jerk. He's he's a really great character to kind of, you know, you, you love disliking him. And I'm I'm so glad that that Bandai have. I mean, I know it's been around a while now, but the fact that they've actually pulled off 
um, that that opportunity to have him with his arms folded because, of course, as we know, you know, more often than not, he's just kind of standing there with his arms folded, you know, in utter disdain of what's going on. And so right. the fact that you actually get that little piece that you can do that, um, I, I think is just sensational because, it, it, you know, if you're going to pose this guy, really having him just standing there looking completely, you know, disrespectful at everybody, it's uh, it's great. I love it. I think we've had that piece for most of the Vegeta figures that we've gotten. I think we've missed yeah. it on Margin Vegeta and the last Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, and maybe one of the other Super Saiyan Vegetas. But we get it more often than not, which is fantastic. Yeah. It is. It's great. It's great. Excellent. Very good, Adam. And uh, another uh, amazingly constructed review of a completely made-up toy. Um, <laughs> and. I look forward to you continuing to perpetuate this charade on the internet and uh, we'll see how long um, it lasts before somebody calls you out for real. You super Saiyan fraud Saiyan makeup artist. That's right. And uh, in a moment we'll come back and I will reveal an actual collectible. from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite, or the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate Ram. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection, vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, it's that time of the show again where Mr. Scotty brings up the rear. I have been enjoying uh, living vicariously through him with the Mezco 112 uh, line. Uh, just amazing stuff. So I am very much looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Mr. Scotty, take it away. You know, it's interesting because I presently don't display these. And so sometimes in between acquisitions and reviews, I when I got my come pick this up um, from Zing pre-order notice. I'm like, oh, do I really need another Mezco Batman, uh, etc. <laughs> and, you know, these aren't cheap. And and then I'm holding it in my hands now, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Like, everybody. <laughs> so uh, this does not disappoint. Um, Mezco is doing this trilogy of uh, Batman figures that are meant to be representations of three stages of his career. So the first one was Ascending Night, and I reviewed that uh, a few episodes, well, actually, probably a little while ago now. And then this one is Sovereign Night, which is meant to be uh, like mid, uh, when he's established. So the Ascending Night is um, kind of like a, a version of the oh, episode 330, sorry, was Ascending Night, and it's kind of based loosely on first appearance Batman. So he's got a Bob Kane-ish, you know, wide, wide bat prongs, um, head, etc. And uh, this is then meant to be the established Batman. And then the final in the series is Supreme Knight, which looks like it's got a bit of a Dark Knight-ish sort of feel to the 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 look not necessarily i think the the bulk but then a an older bruce wayne unmasked head sculpt in the mix as well 
And uh, it's quite interesting, actually, to compare this to the Ascending Night. I, I really uh, think this is, if there's going to be such a thing as a uh, quintessential Mezco Batman, this one, I think, could be it because, um, well, I'll talk about the costume in, in detail. It's just got a bit more of a classic uh, feel to it. So to start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. This is a 2019 release and acquisition. It comes in the standardish Mezco uh, 112 box. They're they're all the same sort of dimensions, unless it's an oversized figure. But your mileage varies as to whether you get a slip off cover or a opening uh, cover with Velcro, etc. And this is has a uh, slip-off cover within the a window box underneath that you open up. So no opening you know, Velcro clasp cover, which is fine. The it comes with the multi-tray um, Mezco landfill unfriendly packaging methodology. <laughs> and uh, and a bajillion accessories. It's really quite amazing, and I shall detail them for you shortly. So this there's over thirty points of articulation on this guy, and the uh, the the styling is more classic uh, in in terms of uh, if you look at the ascending knight that had some really visible. Uh, kind of mesh lines and slightly different color variations of the gray bodysuit. And I, I mean, I talked about it at the time that I, I get it from a design perspective that the, for this suit to be real and to be durable enough for somebody to wear and fight crime in, it would have to be made of uh, materials stronger than spandex and therefore have mm, reinforcements, yeah. etc. The Ascending Knight costume made some of those pieces quite visible by toning them slightly differently. This is a more refined version, and it has, when you look at the uh, um, bodysuit, and again, you know, if you are not familiar with the 112 collective line, apologies, I uh, the this is essentially your Marvel Legends uh, DC. Well, no, DC, what is a DC essential scale? That could be anything from four inches to forty six. Um, the uh, you know, your Marvel Legends Legends six inch figure scale, but with Hot Toys level fabric costumes and um, accessories, etc. And w- what Mezco has been able to accomplish with these so brilliantly is a very high level of articulation that is not held back by the uh, soft goods at all. And this has got the same level of flexibility and the same uh, references to that sort of structure that would have to exist under an outfit like this, but with a more monotone, bodysuit which then gives it a more classic feel so I, I really quite like this I think as perhaps the this the iconic 
Mezco Batman if there will be such a thing. So this is a great, and of course there's going to be different color versions of these as there are of all of the Batman. Uh, this is the standard uh, version, so it's a gray and black. There's an Onyx kind of more all black version coming out as well, uh, but I'm cool with this. In terms of what is packed in, there are now this is interesting. The uh, when you look on the specs, it says that he comes with three uh, portraits, but there's actually um, four if you count the one that he comes packaged with. So he comes packaged with a long, long-eared uh, version, and I've got to say, with the long-eared version on, there's almost a Keaton-esque feel to this figure. Like if you kind of looked at it as at a, at a glance. You might think, oh, is that a, you know, like Batman the movie? Um, I can see it figure. now that yeah, you pointed yeah, it, it out. It does. It's really, I mean, not, well, the more that you look at it, the less it gives that feel, but it does uh, almost get a glimpse of that. And I think that's particularly when the cape is um, folded over because, and uh, so that you can see most of the bodysuit because it makes his shoulders a bit higher and gives maybe a little bit more of the perception of that thicker-necked outfit that the you know, Keaton uh, costume had. So it's got a little bit of that feel to it. But then alongside that, we get actually three additional portraits, a short-eared version, an unmasked version, and then a battle-damaged version. So the the short-eared version is um, self-explanatory. The battle-eared... Uh, battle-eared... <laughs> That's next time. The uh, battle-damaged <laughs> um, version is another long-eared portrait, and it's kind of interesting because I, I think it is um, the way the battle damage look, to me looks like it's meant to imply a Catwoman attack because it's got claw marks uh, on silverish sort of claw marks on the the right side of the forehead with then a rip in the uh, eye mask piece on the right-hand side so that you can actually see the unmasked eye and like a bit of bruising on the eye. Mm, um, yeah. Really amazingly detailed. Uh, so that that is you know, not something that I would display with, but as a you know, photo or diorama piece, really groovy and incredible sculpting detail on that. And then the unmasked head is pretty, it, really well done, but pretty stock standard. This one really goes all out then in terms of accessories. So there are, there's nine hands we get. Uh, so, and again, this is, uh, it's interesting just looking at the um, pack-ins list the nine hands are on top of the two that he comes packaged with. So he comes packaged with fists, uh, but then we get a pair of posing hands, we get a pair of gun-holding hands, we get a pair of battering-holding hands. Uh, we get... And then there's also a kryptonite knuckle. So this is like a um, a right... Yeah, a right hand. You get a cream to that. Yeah, with like a... <laughs> That's right. You really should see a doctor, sir. I've got kryptonite knuckle. Uh, it's like a you know a knuckle duster with with kryptonite mm, mm. on it because you know that's a thing. And the 
so again, groovy. The, the these pieces are really easy to swap on and off. I find it kind of interesting because you know Hot Toys sometimes skimps on the the like hand pegs and the 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 swap and swap out pieces can be more aggravating than easy to swap out and you know I kind of hate that mm, stuff anyway. Mm. Whereas this, I have actually had a decent go at the the head sculpts and the hands and because they are really easy to pop on and off. Um, but then alongside that, we get the uh, oh I see the I just sorry going from the pack and list the cowled head and the. Uh, the gloved hands are kind of considered part of the costume. So that's why my numbers weren't adding up. Um, on the accessory side, then we, there's 10 tiny batarangs. So, you know, they, they, they're come in a handy little tray uh, with a plastic lid on it, which I don't <laughs> plan to open because if I did, I Pretty feel lost. like I would just inhale all of them immediately <laughs> and choke to death on air. Um, so uh, yeah, they are the, 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 as long as you leave them in the container, then we don't need to classify them as pre-lost. Um, but what I would say <laughs> is that if the moment that you lifted the lid, I would call it like instant lose, right? I lift the lid and yeah, I, yeah. yeah, that like between the ones that would go on the floor and the ones that would fly up your nose as you inhale, you would lose nine out of the 10. <laughs> so I'll just, I won't uh, um, kind of, try that but i don't need to because there's plenty of other less inhalable accessories to have a go at and they include a a large batarang um not inhalable but definitely chokeable the uh don't let your little kids around this people they'll die (laughs) the uh a sonic disruptor a grappling gun a grappling hook that inserts into the grappling gun of course and then another grappling hook with the uh, with a string attached. So lots of fun options there. And then also a really cool bat drone, which is uh, not. A, I mean, you know, it's a bit of a weird accessory in that he can't really hold it, and it obviously isn't a working drone. That would be cool. <laughs> but, so, but you know. Like, what the hell is the point of this, actually, now that I'm looking yeah. at it? Okay. It can sit on the ground and look like a failed drone. Like, come on, drone, you can do it. Is there any way you can actually suspend it? Like, is, does it attach to anything? Like, is there a... Wait a you know, minute. Let Now, now that you say okay. that, let's just... Oh, God. So, now, get ready for the <laughs> the flying fists. Fling. <laughs> Fling, yes. So, interestingly, on the in the tray underneath... Uh, that often where you just have the the stand and the obligatory Mezco Ziploc bag, which is just still baffling people. I, why 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 do we need this, guys? Come on. Anyway, the but at least they haven't given it up. You know, like a, a for persistence. There are there actually is a extra little attachment to the stand that I believe is a drone supporting. Stand so you can put it on your flight stand. That is way too complicated for someone who can't even <laughs> tie their own shoes properly. But for you know the normal human, um, I'm sure that could be quite uh, appealing. The other piece that we get in the underneath tray is the uh, what do we call it? The cape posing um, 
accessories. So there's the the cape is like kind of articulated in the sense that there is this piece, little pieces that you can put uh, behind uh, him to make the cape flow, etc. Which again, are way too complicated for me. Now, I don't think you guys were on the last show that uh, we just recorded. But I reviewed the DC Collectibles um, Batman animated Batman and Bat Cycle. Yeah, and I was there. Were you? Th- of course you. I'm so sorry. Of course you were with the I Rogue, etc. I'm sorry. And that the I spent a lot of time raving about the cape on that because it had little uh, like strips on the side that are kind of must have a bit of plastic or wire in them, et cetera, that made that cape superposable. And now when I look at this, I'm like, what? This is so complicated. Like, why do we even need that when, you know, there's this this cape here that makes a lot more um, sense. Now, th- I mean, th- obviously this uh, Mezco cape is uh, much bigger and has more options um, or at least uh, – photos of things that you're supposedly able to recreate, which I never can do, but that's, that's a different story. You know? And uh, the, uh, but yeah, you can have a go at that if you wish. Again, the sculpt wise, the, the cowl is amazing. Obviously the longer, uh, the, the, the longer bat prongs um, uh, or bat ears, whatever they are, uh, are more my, kind of visual cup of tea um and they they look great um the bat insignia is a sculpted on piece on the on the soft goods the belt on this which is a um the belt you you could call the belt i guess for this price point a little bit skimpy in terms of uh it is it's all a molded piece there's not a lot of there's no kind of moving parts as it were um but visually it's very effective um the sculpted on uh the 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 sculpting of the boots the gloves etc is amazing the uh what what mesco has done with this line and i know i just end up kind of fanboying in every single one of these reviews um but the what they've done with this line, I think, is really incredible because it is the sort of thing where you, you – uh, it's really, I think, the best of both worlds in terms of the scale uh, and possibility plus soft goods, etc. I've said before that as much as I like the idea of the Hot Toys uh, or, or, you know, one one six scale clothes figures, I, I can't – with – uh, the superheroes, I can't really ever get away from a bit of the kind of dolly, um, you know, doll and jammies kind of feel. Whereas I think a combination of the scale and then just the type of materials that they have used to make these really, you know, form fitting and uh, that is just amazing. So I can't not 10 out of 10 this. Um, it is. It is really fun, and the fact that you know, I think I own three different Mezco <laughs> Batman now, and will definitely get the next one as well. Um, says something. So your mileage may vary, but I love it. Outstanding. I have a question. Yes, Adam. What's he sovereign of? Look, 
so the the <laughs> idea I, I I think this is an absolutely fair question. The this is they've called this the Batman Mezco's one twelve Batman trilogy. And so ascending is the start of his career. Sovereign, it says now at the peak of his career, it's Sovereign Knight is Batman in the present day, it's Batman in his prime. And then the last one, Supreme Knight, is the uh I guess the end career. You know, he's done all the done all the things. Uh, what does the description say? Batman towards the final years of his campaign against the underworld of Goth- Gotham City. Hmm. So, you know, basically a really clever way to make people buy all the different Batman. The And I've fallen for it. Hook, line, <laughs> so, effective technique, Mexico. Well done. Yeah, outstanding. I still don't feel I understand what he's sovereign of. <laughs> it's bothering me. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, also, John good. has to get one of the Onyx Edition ones because, you know, Keaton Batman. Ah, <laughs> oh, true, yeah. Yeah, look, I do. I really – it does definitely have that element. Now, you know, I'm sure you don't need this to be your stand-in Keaton Batman because I'm sure they'll do one. But um, the uh, – the, yeah, it, it's got really that sort of feel to it. It's a great, a great look. I like it, guys. I like it. And that's my review, hmm. and I believe that is the – that is – the show very nice thank you very much mr scotty all right well i think that wraps up our three toys of the week for this episode we're going to take a short break then we're going to come back and wrap things up the incredible hulk meets spider-man each figure a foot tall and fully posable all you This is a job for the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk with a face that's mean. Lots of muscle and skin that's green. Superhero Hulk. Good job, handsome. The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man from the Superhero Collection. Each sold separately by Mego. Well, thanks everybody for another super fun uh, toy chat. We love hey. hearing from you and we will get organized with some uh, proper feedback to read through in our next episode. If you would like to tell us what you're collecting or what you think of what we're collecting or tell us what we should be collecting or shouldn't be collecting or, you know, what to wear, you can boss us around. It's fine. The, <laughs> uh, you can do that via email at podcast.actionfigureblues.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, just Action Figure Blues. But then we also have a fantastic community called the Action Figure Blues Collector Community. Uh, you can join. We'll let you in unless you're gross or Dora the Explorer. And the uh, you can post things there as well. We're on Twitter, of course, at AF Blues, and on Instagram at Action Figure Blues, where the fantastic Lukey Luke uh, does our amazing Instagramming. And uh, there's other newfangled social media things that we're all too old for and don't do. The um, I actually have to confess that in order to be able to sp- speak 16 year old ease. I have had to <laughs> m- try and work out how to use Snapchat. It is the first uh, <laughs> the first platform that I have not immediately you know, I, 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 I'm a, a keen early adopter of new technologies except for teleporting. I want to do it, but I want to see it done really well before I have a go. Uh, but Snapchat has been the one thing that every time I've tried to use it, I've just been like, no, nah, I don't get it. Um, but I've had to work out how to do it in order to be able to, at times, get the attention of 
16-year-olds that don't seem to respond to anything else. Um, so uh, if you want to run our, if you want to start a AFB uh, Snapchat thing, um, let me know and uh, we can make that happen. Um, unless you're gross or dry the Explorer. And yeah. that, I believe, is all of the informations that you need to effectively communicate with us. Um, if you want to stalk Ben's house, just email me and I'll send you the address. Cool. Um, yep. <laughs> and, yep. And if you want to report Adam to Bandai for making up fake toys, um, you know. They already know. Yeah. yeah. He just does it so that as the shows progress over the years, you'll eventually get to like episode 582. It'll be tonight. <laughs> Yeah, you know, toy of the week is the super sign, super sign, god sign, super super sign, sign sign, super sign, mm-hmm. Vegeta. <laughs> yeah. What we could do actually is, like, I I feel like that we would have enough audio of all of those words <laughs> to like oh, stick man. them into a random generator and just make up a Dragon Ball toy of the week. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like <laughs> yes. I feel like that this almost needs to become um so there you go alongside the uh it, it can be like the the closing of the podcast where they make me watch dragon ball <laughs> and, and, and today is ran- today's um, randomly generated ra- dragon ball character is super sun guy god sign god super gun sign god sign god you know what would be um, extra good would be if they started like Merging Dragon Ball Z and the Wonder Twins, so I was like Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan form of a dragon, <laughs> Saiyan <laughs> from the future. Oh, <laughs> okay, and I love doing this Alrighty. show, but I also like going to bed. Not yeah. together, at least less. Uh, it's not- uh, <laughs> <Bye>. All right, <laughs> catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 